Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. I am Mr. Warren Hayes here on Fightful.com, sitting in for Sean Ross Sapp on this show, this event, the NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4 post-show right here on Fightful.com. Fightful, of course, as you know, is uh, is your premier news uh, new source for all your combat sports needs. We talk about pro wrestling, MMA, boxing, but you guys know that already because you're here. Or maybe you're just stumbling across for the first time. Maybe maybe you just you've seen this video being shared somewhere on social media, off of Twitter or whatnot. Well, then that's what Fightful is. But one thing you are definitely wondering, especially if you already know what Fightful.com is, who's this guy? Warren? Warren? Who? What? Where's Sean? <laughs> Sean's not here tonight, <laughs> and I've been called in over from FightfulSelect.com to to help out, to to give a helping hand because. At, you know, Fightful.com, it's teamwork. You get the work done because of a team or something like that. But FightfulSelect.com, that's where I come from. I do weekly NXT recaps over on FightfulSelect.com. I also talk about 205 Live within those same recaps. Um, and I do them live, so FightfulSelect.com members can, can join me. And you know about Fightful Select, Right. Fightful subscription service where you get tons of extra content. Of course, you get all the the free stuff over on the site. That's not a problem. But then after, when you subscribe to Fightful Select, you get a bunch of weekly members-only podcasts, such as my highly touted NXT 205 Live recap show. You get the Weekender podcast, which uh, which is Sean. Sean does that every week. So even if he misses out on a day like today, you can still go into the archives and and play one of those podcasts. And you're like, wow, it's it's just as if Sean was still with us. And during the Weekender podcast, Sean uh, recaps the week in wrestling news. He talks about non-WWE shows like uh, Lucha Underground Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Being the Elite. Talks about a whole bunch of stuff. And still, uh, with, there's dark match commentary. Uh, you get ac- early access to interviews, news items. Monthly retro pay-per-view <laughs> reviews, 
which is something else that I contribute to. I do those with Sean once a month. We just put out TNA Unbreakable not that long ago. And at the end of the month, we're going to be releasing SummerSlam 1992. And I am really excited for that one because it was a fun show to do with Sean. You get UFC ranking. Sean is even, he's he's releasing a, a new series called Making a Finisher, where he talks to wrestlers about how they conceived their, how they came up with their finishes. Man, there's just so much stuff. So much good, good stuff. And it starts at $5 a month. It's five bucks. You should go check that out. But don't you worry. Even though Sean is not here tonight, I am not alone. There is no way I'm piloting the ship all by myself, and there's no reason for you to endure me for an entire hour without the help of couple of guys i'm joined by the man known as the crackpot flounce alex palowski how you doing alex i'm doing good jeff uh the rookie's a little long-winded huh let's, let's that's all the, that's all the time we got for tonight we'll see you later that's, that's our gimmick being long-winded <laughs> hey. come on let's let's wrap it up gets get to us being hyperbolic about things the academy awards call they want to know if you can write for them this year uh <laughs> And, and uh and jeff hawkins here too all right so <laughs> guys remember you're if you're joining us live right now give this video a thumbs up uh, tweet it tweet it out tweet out the link share it on facebook let everyone know that this is the best place to to get your optimal takeover brooklyn takeover brooklyn four post show guys quick impressions how what did you think of the show alex what did you think um, takeovers always brilliant. Um, and this was no exception. Um, I, I loved it. Uh, fr- from from the greatest long form storytelling possibly in WWE history to um, to a, 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 a I thought shocking finish of the women's match um, to uh, the crowning of of a, of a new absolute superstar who I think. Uh, can transcend, can can be one of those few people who has incredible success in NXT and even bigger success on the main roster in Ricochet. Uh, tag match was amazing. And then you get Velveteen Dream finally getting, popping his cherry, getting his first win on a takeover. This was, this was one of the best ones, I think. Jeff, what do you think? Oh, I'm going to go the other way. Uh, not that I didn't, not that I didn't, not that I didn't like Takeover. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was a very, very good show. I think they had a problem in that they could never top that tag team opener, and mm-hmm. it was very, very hard for this crowd to get back into it after the hot tag opener. They did for a bit in the Ricochet match, but you could see it kind of ebb and flow here. Um, I thought it was a very, very good show. I. But I, I am not uh, putting it in the top tier of takeovers, but still very, very solid show. Very good show. Oh, we have some conflicting opinions tonight. This is this is going to is going to get good. Just before we get into the uh, the actual meat of the thing, uh, you know, the, if you know, if we talk about you know the the I, you know the hype for for Brooklyn this year, you know. We have a tendency to always talk or at least often talk about how WWE doesn't do enough to promote NXT. Like, uh, you know, they, they don't mention it much on air. They don't promote the shows very, very well. Or, or it goes even as far as commentary to receive a note saying, uh, you know, hey, Sanity is debuting tonight. Make sure to not mention they're from NXT. But I found that the video packages that they had been broadcasting over the past couple of weeks were pretty good. And, you know, showing, you know... Uh, 
uh, Sasha and Bailey, Samoa Joe and uh, Shinsuke, Bobby Roode and McIntyre, you know, as if to say, look at all these main roster stars. This is where they started. And on this pay-per-view, and the Brooklyn's feel a little special at the same time. I don't know what you uh, thought, Jeff, but I thought they did a pretty good job. No, no. Brooklyn, to me, NXT Brooklyn is their WrestleMania for NXT. That, that to me, because this was really the first... If I if I have my history right, and I should have probably looked this up before I came on the air, but I was in a bit of a hurry. Uh, this is really the first big major arena NXT that they ever did outside of full sale. If I'm if I'm correct on that, other than you know like the Sacramento one for that one time that they never broadcast. And I, I've always viewed this one as their big show because from that first one with Sasha and Bailey and even Finn and, and Owens in the ladder match on down, there's been a major, major kind of, it, it's where they reset their stories for the most part is after NXT Brooklyn for the most part. So I've always viewed this as their major show, even if they view WrestleMania as the major show with NXT attached to it. I, I always viewed this as, as, uh, as bigger. On the pre-show, we also had Pat McAfee making his, his return. I thought he was particularly funny. I thought he was, I, I, I enjoy his presence. I thought he was really, really fun. And I think the dynamic that he's, uh, that he's developing with Sam Roberts just make them both a, an absolutely perfect duo where Sam Roberts being more of the straight man and uh, McAfee just going completely balls to the wall nuts. Again, during the pre-show, William Regal told us they were advancing or reminding us of the who done it, who took out Aleister Black. William Regal came straight up, told us, nope, it's not the Undisputed Era. I've talked to the guys. It's not them. Their alibi is clear. So, Alex, what did you think about the pre-show? Uh, pre-show is the pre-show for NXT. Uh, I like um, Pat uh, McAfee being on there because uh, he's at least a breath of fresh, fresh air. Not the same kind of thing. Otherwise, I feel like I, I wouldn't even tune in, to be honest. It's just video packages. I already know what matches there are. I've seen the, the video packages on the episodes of NXT, um, I thought that uh, that he did a great job. And you're right. Uh, his biggest contribution is making uh, Sam Roberts watchable because <laughs> uh, Sam Roberts is terrible. And by being just a, a monkey wrench in the works, um, Pat makes the whole thing work. Like he's, I mean, obviously this is incredibly uh, hyperbolic, but he, there's, a, there's a Bobby Heenan quality to him where he just won't shut up and, and he, you never know what he's going to say next. And the, obviously this is, this is <laughs> Sam Roberts can't even approach the levels of somebody like a gorilla monsoon, but it's that kind of an interplay where one, where, where you feel, feel like the, the straight man just wants to tell the other guy to shut up all the time. Uh, and, and we don't want him to shut up. We want that guy to keep talking. Um, I, I thought that that's, um, that was what this was. I like that a lot. And, I am kind of upset that they already eliminated the Undisputed Era as the possibilities for taking out Black. Especially now that Cole doesn't have a championship. I think it'd be a kind of a really cool feud to have Aleister Black versus all four of them. With Bobby Fish back healthy by the time that Aleister Black is back healthy. Like, have him just murder them one by one to get to Cole by the end. I think that'd be a lot of fun. You had a bunch of people. Sorry, did, did you want to chime in, Jeff? I am not a fan of Pat McAfee. 
I'm gonna say it. I, I I think he's I think I think he need I think he's going the wrong direction in his entertainment because when he's throwing off William Regal during during a during a segment, look, it, it gets into Booker T territory for me for wild cards. That's that's just all. I don't mind his enthusiasm. I don't mind him being a fan. I think I agree with most of your points, Alex. I think he makes Sam Roberts a little bit more interesting, though I do like Sam Roberts more than you do, obviously. But I, I just think being being a wild card is fine up until a point. You can say the things, but once you're starting to throw off people off of points they're supposed to be making, then it becomes a bit of an issue, and it becomes a bit you're becoming more of the show than you should be. And that was that was my issue with McAfee. Um, that that said, anything other than Kathy Kelly being the one behind Alistair Black getting knocked out, her talking someone into it, I'm going to be desperately upset at it. I wanted to be the Kaiser Soze of NXT. That'd be great. Um, and you're right, uh, Jeff. The the one moment where I was like, "Hey, Pat, uh, put a stock in it," was where he was like, he was throwing Regal off his game. Regal was trying to be stoic and solemn and just make making light of the situation. That was not the right spot for it. Um, but in the other places, I, I thought it was welcome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, no, but I, I'd agree with that. And you're right. You're right. When he started complimenting him, complimenting him on his hair, where he was very much in very serious GM mode, he could have dialed it back a bit. Um, in the audience tonight, we had Shafir, Duke, and Rousey cheering on um, Shanna Baszler. We had Kevin Owens and Mark Henry who popped in, and shock of the evening, Matt Riddle was there. Worst kept secret in all of wrestling. Uh, well, so I guess it's obvious. I guess it's, it's official now. I guess we can talk about it. We can start speculating. Jeff, are you excited that Matt Riddle is finally, finally, or has made his way to WWE? I think he's a great in-ring talent. I think he deserves to be in NXT. I think, I mean, I think they went a bit overboard with, uh, with the concerns the last time he was on their radar. Um, I think, I'm one of those people that is a little uncertain on main roster, but just because I think if Vince is still in charge, the first time he meets Matt Riddle, he's not going to have a high opinion of him necessarily. Um, I'll put it that way. Um, I think he'll, I mean, I, I think, I think, but maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Matt Riddle will, will really impress him, you know, being polite and stuff the first time. Uh, that said, I was kind of hoping Stokely Hath- Hathaway would have the seat next to Riddle. I thought that yeah. would have been awesome. But I think in NXT, I think getting more matches with Keith Lee or Do- or the ex-Donovan Dijaks of the world and these Undisputed Era guys, this is like evolved from about three years ago. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. I was kind of surprised that Stokely wasn't there. Alex, what do you think about Matt Riddle? Uh, I love, I love him. And you're right, Jeff. I don't want, I don't want to ever see him on the main roster because he's going to be destroyed there, uh, unless Vince is dead or has given yeah. up. Um, because <laughs> we, uh, we on the show would never root for Vince McMahon's death, but no. you know, well, well, yeah. but he's older. If he, he, he who knows, uh, he, he put some stuff into his body that can't have been good for his heart. But um, uh, I'm just saying that, uh, that, that, that with the track record, especially recently, of, of NXT call-ups being either really poorly utilized or not utilized at all, um, I, I don't want to see a lot of these guys on the main roster for a long time. Uh, we'll talk about it in, in, in a very little bit, but uh, Villatrine Dreams a pant, uh, Tights had me worried. I do not want to see him on the main roster because I can't imagine – that Vince knows what the hell to do with that guy. But Matt Riddle, 
Um, it's amazing to me that we're going to probably see Matt Riddle and Keith Lee's first takeover matches at takeover Los Angeles, where PWG is like, it's that country. It's those people who are going to be at NXT takeover cheering for these guys. Me? Yeah. Like, like, like Jeff Hawkins. Um, (laughs) uh, the perfect thing. And uh, my dream is for the N- the North American Championship to be defended in a triple threat between Ricochet still holding it, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. I think that's that's your match. That that like those guys from that place, it's perfect. I want to I want to see Keith Lee and and Matt Riddle in the next couple of months really be pushed up to the forefront. Like there's no reason to keep Matt Riddle off TV. That guy's made for full sale. Like it's it's gonna. I'm I'm so, I'm so excited to see what he does. Uh, in NXT. All right. Well, let's start talking about the card proper then. Our first match of the night was Undisputed Era versus Mustache Mountain. I'd be lying if I didn't have high hopes for this fight off the heels of their two excellent matches that they had. The one in the UK, the one just, uh, what, two, three weeks ago on NXT TV, which is easily a match of the year candidate. Both of them are, actually. Uh, the Undisputed Era start uh, start strong and they try to isolate, but there's essentially at first there's a lot of back and forth and the, both teams sort of slug it out. They get a lot of signature. Uh, M- Mustache Mountain gets a lot of signature offense in, you know, the flip off the turnbuckle and the uh, the, 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 the supported senton, I guess, by Trent Seven. Uh, strong hits a backbreaker on Seven, turn things, that turns things around for the UE. Seven battles back with the DDT on Kyle O'Reilly. Bate gets in with some drop kicks. Bate uh, does the uh, fireman's carry airplane spin spot, uh, which I, I'm kind of, uh, at this point, I guess I was kind of burnt out on it since I had seen and seen it twice before in the exact same matches. But then he picks everyone up into a slam suplex. He just powers through everyone. And that gets the first NXT chance of the night. Strong's uh, running lariat on bait was absolutely vicious. Just decapitated him. Um, There's a gory stretch by uh, Roderick Strong at some point, which I thought was really cool. Kyle O'Reilly starts working Bates' knee, and you kind of see where this one's going at this point. You're like, okay, shades of their NXT match. And then we finally start getting some uh, Kyle O'Reilly ground game, which uh, we hadn't seen much throughout the match. The um, the British boys had pretty much decided that this was going to be a bit of a slobber knocker. But uh, Kyle O'Reilly finally starts getting some holds in, gets the ground game going, quick tags all throughout by the Undisputed Era, which I really liked. I thought it was a good uh, some good heel tactics. And Bate finally gets the hot tag. Back body drop. On uh, and there and um, he sorry he it's a bit back body drop uh, on strong dives to the outside on uh, Kyle O'Reilly hit some corner clotheslines dragon release suplex on strong this was a really hot and solid tag that Tyler Bate got Jeff what do you think about the match at this point uh look I I said this on Twitter that earlier today um. The NXT tag team matches, tag title matches on TakeOver, and the NXT women's title matches on these TakeOvers are works of art, and they are the best thing that have been on WWE television in the last four years. 
They are the things that are making this product hot and exciting. My sweet spot in wrestling fandom is Jim Crockett promotions and even the WWE to some respects between 87 and 91, maybe 86 and 91. And all those great tag teams like the Bulldogs, Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express, Tully and Arn, all those, every one of these matches, this, this four year period of NXT tag team title matches, comparable absolutely comparable with the depth of tag team wrestling they've had. I would loving it. I think the one drawback NXT has is they like to do, it's both a blessing and a curse. They love to do callbacks to previous matches a little bit far off, far more often than they should. In my opinion, these things should be fresh and new. The, the, the knee lock spot, was it, it was it was fine for for this match. The problem was every other match after this had a callback spot to the feud for the most part. But uh, overall, um, this match just I I was so geeked at this point in the match and after the match that I was like I was worried for the rest of the show to be honest with you that <laughs> they couldn't get the crowd back. Yeah, kind of had me anxious as well. Um, Bate has this incredible sequence though uh, at some point where he suplexes. Kyle O'Reilly directly onto Strong, and that tosses both guys outside. He follows he follows immediately with a top rope dive right onto Kyle O'Reilly and a springing lariat onto Strong. That was an incredible sequence. Gets Strong back in the ring, hits the Tyler Driver 97 only for two, and then um, uh, and then uh, seven a little later on hits the um, hits the the, uh, the his lariat seven star lariat. And he only gets a two. And at this point, I'm they have they have me believing that there might be a title switch. And like you mentioned, Jeff, we do get the the moments where they're uh, where you know seven uh, seven goes and gets the uh, the towel and starts working that 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 angle a little bit. I thought it was a little corny, uh, but you know it it was uh, it was interesting for the psychology of the match. But it ended. When even and despite the fact that uh, the Mustache Mountain guys hit the burning hammer, they still kicked the uh, Undisputed Era still kicked out, and they did their high low double team for the win. And after the match, the War Raiders appear out of nowhere and destroy the guys. So I guess we know what's up. I thought like I thought this was a great match. It was more than just a good opener. It was a n- another solid match. Alex, what do you think? Oh, I, I loved it. I mean, like this mustache mountain looks like it to me. It feels like if if Guy Ritchie's snatch was um, not about boxing, but about wrestling, those two guys would have been major players in it. Like it feels like those are those kind of guys. Um, I, I've always loved them, especially Tyler Bate from the to going back to the uh, original UK tournament, WWE UK tournament. Um, I, I'd never seen that guy before. I, I was blown away. He was like 20 years old. I uh, was rooting for him through the entire tournament, shocked when he won it, loved it, been a fan of his ever since. All of his matches have been great. He had a match on NXT TV this past week with Roderick Strong. It was just phenomenal. Um, and uh, uh, my best friend and I were mes- messaging back and forth during it, and he said it, it, at, at some point in the match, it, he, he sent it to me. He said that this match has been basically structured around the fact that Tyler Bate is apparently Earth's mightiest hero. Like in and that like I just I love that guy so much. The 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 spot that Mike was my favorite wasn't even any offense. 
It was when he was in that leg bar and was like pushing him, crab walking backwards, using only his shoulder and back muscles to get to the other side of the ring. Like I'd never seen that before. It was really, really cool. It just like he was just he just powered his way through it. I love that guy. Um, and I also have a huge soft spot for Kyle O'Reilly and his crazy selling. Like he he was more dead than alive after he hit that pinfall. I just I loved it. Um, I'll tell you what else I love um, is that War Raiders uh, are going to somehow wind up being the baby faces in this feud, even <laughs> though they're gigantic. Because because really, I mean, Undisputed Era is just a bunch of a-holes, and they're so much fun to hate. I love watching those guys. But of course, you don't want them to win, although you kind of do. Like, I'm, I'm happy they won just so we can get the War Raiders uh, feud. Jeff, any <laughs> thoughts on the War Raiders? Um, I, I am still of the opinion that the war games match is going to be the war Raiders and ricochet versus British strong style versus the undisputed era. So this all makes sense to me. I I think, I think that the strategy for this feud, if you're going to keep the undisputed era, the heels in this feud is you hopefully Bobby fish will be back and will be able to be a little bit more active at ringside in some ways. And you use the kind of the three on two, but you can always use Adam Cole in that. You have to with smaller guys versus bigger guys. This is a lot like '88 Tully and Arn versus the Road Warriors. You have to, you have to make it believable that they can fight with each other one on one. But you, in the lead up to the match, you use the numbers game to make it seem like you know they, they'll get killed up into the lead up. Uh, my favorite moment on commentary is one you guys couldn't have possibly imagine because. It happened in my living room where where Morrow is go where Morrow's going, well, of the two of them, if there was one that you're going to uh that you were going to double team, it'd be ob- it's it it's Trent Seven for obvious reasons. And I say out loud, because he's fat and he goes, because of his knee. I went, Oh, that's right. Yeah, the knee problem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I but I do agree. And I and and I, I completely agree, and I've had pretty much the same um vision and i think it's been solidified tonight now that ricochet has won the title that that's the that's what we're going to get at uh at war games is we're going to get uh british strong style versus the undisputed era versus war raiders and ricochet uh and yeah i'd really like to to see bobby fish be more active you know and sometimes sometimes you need to be to to get more active and sometimes to be active you need you need a little help to be active right you need a little activity, you know, you try to get active and sometimes you just need a little help, need a little push. Just like sometimes, you know, when, uh, when the feeling's right and you want to have a, that little extra jolt of confidence, well, that's when you turn to bluechew.com. That's bluechew, blue, like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, and you know they work. So you can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. They're also made in, uh, sorry, before we talk about where they're made, it's important to note that Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than in a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for everyone listening right now 
on Fightful.com. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Fightful, and all you have to pay is $5 for shipping. So again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Fightful, to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. I'd like to thank them for their support. Go try it. There's no reason why you should not. Another reason is something else that we should try and talk about is the EC3 versus Velveteen Dream match. I'm going to be honest straight off the bat, guys. I was not impressed. Who wants to chime in on this? Alex? Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best of Velveteen's matches by far. That's the thing is that he's had such great barn burners in matches that he's lost. Um, it, something wasn't clicking between them. I don't know what it was because I really liked their interplay, um, back and forth on NXT TV. Um, but it just, something wasn't hitting. Um, they took a while to get into it. Um, Maybe I was just watching it going, watching it, looking fixated on Velatine's ass, uh, which which said, um, call me up, Vince, Um, and and thinking to myself, oh, God, no, please, please, no, please, 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 no. Uh, So, yeah, it's not the first time I've been fixated on a man's ass repeating no over and over again, but it won't be the last. But but tonight, it just, it took me out of the match for a while. Um, uh, But... I, 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 I like the finish. I think that was cool. Um, and I'm happy that Velveteen breaks his Ofer streak on takeover matches. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, please don't, don't call him up yet. He's 22. He's got all kinds of time to season. And as soon as he gets up there, he'll be destroyed. I, so. think, Vel- I think Velveteen had beaten Cassius Ono yes. like earlier this year, right? Uh, Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Sorry. But I mean, of, it, uh, yeah, Black and, and Ricochet are so are so stuck in my mind that I forgot about Ono entirely. Let let me interject here. Um, I I'm a I'm with Alex here. This match lost me until the end, and I was trying to figure out why. And this is a this is a WWF main roster match, circa 1989 on on Superstars, a Superstar style main event. They are working main roster style in here. And that's why so many people who love NXT were turned off, in my opinion. Um, Perfectly acceptable match for the main roster in some ways. Um, And I think both these guys belong on the main roster versus NXT. If If NXT is this super indie, hot, work rate type, wrestling type company, Look, I think I think Velveteen Dream has more upside in that kind of company than EC3, definitely. But he he's a high spot guy with a great build. I think I I disagree with you. I think Vince would know what to do with Velveteen Dream versus seeing a guy like like CN Almas, and or you know not necessarily. See, I thought he'd know what to do with the Authors of Pain, and he didn't. Nope. But 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 great. But if you come up to Vince to the main roster and you're a great wrestler. That's not a hook for him. He doesn't know what to do with that. But a character like Velveteen Dream, he'd know exactly what to do with, in my opinion. I disagree on that. I don't think he's ready. But if he went up there, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it's way too soon for him. 
but I think EC3 needs to go up sooner than later. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, on the on the last comment because I, I I agreed with most of what you were saying up until this point because I thought I don't that think this... he I don't think he belongs in NXT. I don't think I don't think his work rate and style. He is a he is an kind of an anachronism in terms of what NXT has been and is now. He he's a guy who can catch people who are doing big moves like he did in the ladder match and stuff. But what what did he do in the ladder match that was? fairly spectacular other than the big bumps that he took. He, he's not a guy with the kind of work rate to me that, that the NXT audience, I mean, he has a great gimmick too. And the audience loves him. Even, yeah. even if I think it's a little too goofy by half at times, because I think yeah. if it were more serious, he'd be much bigger star than he is. He should be a top level guy who's super serious, but say he's kind of a little bit of a oafish clown, but I, th- I, I don't think he has a place in NXT personally. I think he more belongs on the main roster. EC3, to me, is a better, younger, uh, more interesting Bobby Roode mm-hmm. on the main roster. Okay. Yeah, um, no, I'll take that too. Uh, there's a thing is that they already have one of those. Yes. Like, that's the problem is that you, you can't have two guys who are the exact same thing. You, maybe you could put EC3 on SmackDown because they already have a Carmella on Raw, and they're using her over as Carmella on SmackDown. So basically, they have the same. They 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 fit the same way. So it's possible you could have that archetype over on SmackDown. SmackDown's already too crowded. If you can't get if you if you're putting Andrade, Cien Almas in mixed tag matches on the pre-show, it's already too crowded. Well, they need half. baby faces. They do yes. need baby faces on the SmackDown roster. Yes. So. But that's the thing is, I mean, I, I I like EC3 as a tweener. Who here's the thing I love about like yeah. that, that if you don't like him. He hates you. But if you like him, he's not going to reject your praise. Like, that's the thing. It was like the heels on the main roster. If you cheer for them, it's supposed to be a heel. Like, shut up. You people don't really like me. No, but EC3 would just drink it in. You know what I mean? So I I think that that's a way to actually make him a little different. But I don't have any faith on – at this point, I'm so shell-shocked after so many bad decisions with can't-miss people like AOP – Yes, Andrade. Let me ask you this, Alex, because here's 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 my only real issue with with EC3. And I'm, I've said it in another way earlier, but but I, I want to know what you think of my assessment here. And if I'm off to me, EC3 looks like a main eventer, but has the demeanor and carries himself like a comedy mid card act. Yeah, I guess the whole thing is that um, it depends on on who else you got in the main event because um, he he's he's a thing. Um, like he could very easily be a Miz type yeah. heel, you know what I mean? But he's I think he's a better wrestler than the Miz is. I mean, I the too. Miz the Miz in ring can perform really well, and I love the Miz. You'll never see me say a bad word about the Miz. But as far as the things that EC3 can do, and he looks the part. I mean, mm-hmm. my God. He's, a, he's an Adonis. So there's there's other things that you can do with him in that way. I, again, I feel like here's here's where you're having the problem um, with WWE signing everybody. Mm-hmm. Is that eventually you're going to have some overlap. And when you have the overlap, I don't know what you do there. Like EC3 can still work in NXT because there's not another guy like that there. There are a bunch of guys up on the main roster who fill that role. And I don't know where he gets slotted when he goes up there. There's Kona Reeves. There, there's Kona Reeves. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's that's true. <laughs> that that was more of a joke, actually. But yeah, yeah. you know, it's still there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean, the, the match was fine. It's not that it was a bad match in and about itself, you know. But uh, 
I, I, you know, we're talking about work rate and, you know, and we were even mentioning beforehand as we were starting saying that Brooklyn is kind of the, is kind of the WrestleMania of NXT. When we end up and we get a so-so match, we're like, hmm, or not a so-so match, but like a match that's very fine. Uh, it okay. ended fantastic. It ended fantastic. Don't get yes. me wrong. It was just up until then. It was very clunky, very. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com big guys doing kind of big guy type of things like a, like a main roster match in the late eighties. I mean, uh, of sorts. EC three got some, I thought he looked really good at start. Yeah. Uh, from the get go where he was doing all his, uh, his power moves, holding onto a, to, holding onto a, a knuckle clutch at the same time. Um, I thought it was looking really well. What kind of bugged me throughout the match is, is uh, Velveteen selling. Uh, especially at that early on when, uh, when he was, uh, when, when he went to crotch EC3, just before that, he had him draped over the top turnbuckle and he was kicking him. Like it kind of looked, uh, it kind of looked Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan-y kind of selling. And it, it, it bugged me a little bit. Um, but you know, the, the match went on. There were some, you know, Stinger splashes a nice rolling snapmare, and EC3 at some point he deadlifts Dream right into a sit-out power bomb. I was kind of surprised by the ending where uh, Dream hits his rolling DVD uh, DVD on the apron, then goes right back up to the top rope, does the diving elbow again on the apron, rolls him back in for the victory. I mean, he he hit a signature offense. That's not what I'm surprised. I'm just shocked that it happened like that. Um, yeah, I think I, I think we've pretty much covered all of this match. Uh, it was it was fine. It was okay. Nothing unacceptable, but uh, you know, even if it even if this had been the starter, I don't think it would have been all that electric. I was expecting a bigger entrance too from Velveteen Dream. I don't know about you guys. After the New Orleans one, I was thinking, well, maybe he'll top it. And the Chicago was decent. I was expecting something a little bit more for Brooklyn, but uh, you know what? I was happy with it. Well, you know, it's, it's sometimes I, I what. I, I'm afraid that he's going to like uh, when he did the the the, the Hulk Hogan one in, in New Orleans. I was afraid that he was going to paint himself into a corner because we we've kind of begun to be used or expect, I should say, uh, these really interesting, elaborate costumes or entrances by yeah, yeah, full Tom Lawler, full full Tom Lawler in the UFC type of stuff. Yeah, there you go. So. <laughs> At, you know, at some point, at some point, you just have to knock out the tights and put them on. You know, there's there's that. But yeah, it was it was what it was. Now, let's talk about Adam Cole versus Ricochet, because that was pretty good. 
Adam Cole is over. I don't know if I have to mention this, but I don't know why. I'm always taken aback at the reception he gets, at the cheers that uh, he gets. And man, the day that he performs at WrestleMania, the day that he gets his first WrestleMania, Adam Cole, baby, I think he's going to break down in tears. I really do. Um, at, at first, the, the, uh, there's a lot of showing off of uh, Ricochet trying to be quick, avoiding Cole's offense. But you could see, I think early on in the match, the story is that Cole has him scouted. He knows who he's up against. Um, you know, and even commentary sort of started putting over the idea that, you know, these are two guys with great ring IQ. Well, you know, and I think this was part of the story right here is that Adam Cole has him, uh, has him fleshed out, at least for the start. Because he puts the squeeze early on his head, keeps him grounded. Ricochet hits a drop kick into a leapfrogging Cole. That was pretty cool. Gets sent outside. You could actually see it as some foreshadowing as to what was going to happen towards the end of the match now. Um, he does the springboard, uh, his spring uh, springing backflip off the ropes into a superhero pose. Ricochet does. Uh, he tries to, and again, Ricochet tries to get some offense going, but Cole you know, pushes him off the top rope. He sends him into the barricade. Uh, he's in control. He keeps Ricochet away from his high-flying offense, uh, keeps him grounded, um, catches Ricochet at some point into the, his uh, fireman's carry backbreaker and grounds him again. That was a really, really nice spot. Ricochet battles back with an effortless front drop kick and goes for a spinning dive to Cole on the outside. And I may be calling that one wrong. I'm not quite sure, but it was a dive and he spun springboard European uppercut by Ricochet. Got some, he got some massive elevation on that. Like, uh, you know, AJ Styles, we, you know, when, when he does the phenomenal form, like, Oh, look at how high he goes. Well, Ricochet here, he got some massive, Jerry Jerry Lewis just came on to host the show. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, lady, what up? Hey, hey. So he gets a springboard elevated uppercut. Whoa, the elevation on that. All right, move along. (laughs) Um, He does a standing shooting star press into a Phoenix Splash. Or then he hits a Phoenix Splash afterwards, but then... Uh, Cole grabs Ricochet off the handspring into a backstabber, which was a hell of a spot in itself. And then Ricochet goes for the lion salt. Cole counters with a super kick to the neck. And he immediately, but like immediately, immediately goes into the swinging vertical neck breaker and gets the cover, but uh, goes for the cover, but only gets two. And honestly, I was sold here. I thought that was it. I really thought that we were wrapping it up and Cole had defended, but no, they go into a striking party and it has me on the edge of my seat at this point. They both collapse. Cole falls on top of Ricochet and that only gets a two. Then Ricochet goes to the top rope for the 630, but Cole rolls out of the way. And I love how the camera is right up in his face as he's rolling away. He's on the apron and he just gives like a, he's exhausted, but he gives a smirk. He's like, he's satisfied. He's like, look, I know what's going on here, but it's not enough because Ricochet hits a hurricane rata off the apron, gets Cole back in the, into the ring, gets the 630, the pin. He is our new North American 
champion. Alex, this was a pretty good match. This was uh, my match of the night, um, my match of the year so far. Mm. Um, I love both of these guys, so I'm horribly biased. Um, and I, I, I fully copped that. Um, uh, if you are a person who religiously watches NXT, and when Adam Cole comes down the ring to the Undisputed Era theme song, and he stands on that apron, and he looks out in the crowd, if you don't go... Boom! Along with him, I don't think we can be friends. That's the coolest thing ever. I do it every time. Can't help myself. Love it. Now, Ricochet is a different thing. Like, um, 2014, I think it was, uh, my buddy says, there's this thing on this channel you've never heard of called Lucha Underground. You have to watch it. It's it's amazing. It's it's I can't even describe it. And so I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll tune it in. First match I saw, there was this guy wearing a mask, yellow mask. They called him Prince Puma. I had no idea what he was. He was fighting a guy who looked like a cyborg, like a Terminator. And I had never seen anything like it before. It was amazing. I said, who is this guy? Where did he come from? And I had to do all this research to find out it was Ricochet versus Brian Cage as, you know, Prince Puma. And since then, I've been a huge Ricochet, Ricochet fan. And I've been, I've been following his career, watching every match I possibly could. This mismatch to me was like my saying... You know, my it felt like uh, uh, my son won this match. Like, that's how much I, I was so happy when they signed him. I thought, please don't screw this up. The fact that they're giving him this push, the 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 moment-to-moment stuff of the match was amazing. I, I, I loved it. All the striking back and forth, the 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 super kick to the to the to the moonsault thing would just have me out of my seat. I mean, like spit takes everywhere. I still need to mop up in my living room. My God, it's it's it was fantastic, uh, and and the finish was amazing. They thought, okay, Adam Cole's too smart; he's not going to get suckered by that six thirty splash. Oh no, that's fine. I'll just do a running, jumping over the ropes, Hurricane Rana to the outside, roll him back in. The six thirty splash for my money is like one of the most spectacular finishers ever. So I'm super happy. I'll I'll stand by the fact that it's my match of the night, match of the year. Um, but I understand that I am biased and that I love both of these guys and love to watch, and watch them. So that may have certainly influenced my thoughts. I, had I known that you would have required a little time like to clean up your living room, we could have started the, the stream. Like, I can and- pause and I'll, and I'll, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> Jeff, what, do you, what did you think about this match? Match of the night, Alex says. What do you think? Uh, the tag team match was a match of the night for me still, but I am not going to try. I'm not going to try to outflank Alex on his fandom, nor am I going to try and throw water on it. I'm going to tell you what took me a little bit out of the match. While I loved the match, the match itself, technically great, told a great story, really enjoyed it, really thought it got Ricochet over as, as a top tier NXT star. There's been this habit at NXT and they took it from NXT and put it on the main roster that is driving me insane now. And I will refer to it from now on as Sasha Banksing because hmm. it started at NXT Brooklyn. It's where the story of the match is yelled from one competitor to another over uh, and over and over again. The whole you're yeah. not great. You're just good stuff in this yeah. match. Do in the beginning, that's fine. Doing throughout the match, it it takes it down for me. It makes me think we're, we're stupid and we don't get what this what this match is about. You're telling the story. 
in the ring. I don't need to hear them saying that over and over again. Sasha did it with Bailey, and she's done on the main roster a few times. It is very prevalent in the Nia Jax, I believe, Alicia or not Alicia, uh, Alexa Bliss story quite a bit in terms of yelling these things. Charlotte has done it from time to time. It was very prevalent in the women's division for a while. And now I've seen it rear its ugly head in the men's division. And I'm, I'm not a fan of it, but the match itself was great. And I, th- I think you've pointed it out. Uh, you've pointed out something like pinpointed Jeff, something that bothered me throughout the matches. I felt the psychology was all over the place. And I think that's what's keeping me from really like putting it up there with some of my ba- best matches of the year. Although, the final third, the final third of this match was extraordinary, but I, I felt the psychology was a little, a little all over the place. It felt a little forced, um, you know. And uh, you know, the, the commentary was was putting over the fact, you know, uh, oh, Ricochet was being told all his life, you know, that he was nothing special. You got to, th- what does this do to a man when someone tells him that you're not special? Yeah, you know, it felt a little ham fisted to me. I agree. Yeah, I, I think that it was it was bad that he was doing it over and over again. I felt like somebody told them they had to address it because it was so obvious that if they weren't talking about it, it would have looked weird. But it looked even weirder when they were like, what does this do to a man when someone tells you you're not special over and over again? What does it what does it do to it? I mean, I don't know. It kind of it's kind of annoying. It's mildly annoying. Makes makes me want to punch him in the face. So I guess that you know, like the thing thing was that I thought it, I thought it was it was it was Adam Cole saying to himself I'm the ring technician. I know what you're going to do before you do it. I'm going to bait you into making a mistake. If you get emotional, I can take advantage of that. And there were certain times in the match where he did. But I thought that using the same tactic over and over and over again to get that emotional rise out of Ricochet didn't didn't work for me nearly nearly as well. However, certainly didn't sour me on the match like he, he if he if he had said other things besides you're not special then i think I, I wouldn't have minded it at all no the match itself was great i was just saying it, it took away from me a bit because it got distracting after a while the number of times he says you're not good you're i mean yeah, you're not yeah, yeah. great or whatever yeah Kyrie sane is our new nxt women's champion i'm gonna be Straight up here, I did not see this coming. I was convinced that they were going to keep Shayna Baszler with the title going into Evolution, perhaps, you know, tease at uh, something with Ronda or whatever, like something to get these four horsewomen of UFC going because they were they were there again tonight. I, I'm I'm not that I love Kyrie Saint. And she's uh, as deserving as anyone else on the women's roster right now, and uh, beyond that, to hold this this championship title. But I don't know what you think, Jeff. I was uh, I was a bit surprised by the result, mind you not not the not by the match, which I thought was fine, but I was a bit surprised by the result. Um, the result came out of nowhere, and I loved it. I loved the way that they, it, there was no drama to the pin; it just sort of happened. And it and and nobody it came out of nowhere. Um, I am of the opinion that that if Shayna is in the main roster very very soon, that she wins this title back at Women's Evolution, and Ronda wins her title at Evolution, and they do some sort of story there to then lead into Horsewomen versus Horsewomen at Survivor Series. That is the reason why I thought she lost here. It's one of those two things. Um, but the 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 result itself. And especially the way it happened, 
uh, shocked the hell out of me. It, it was really, really well done. And it was so sublime in, in a, in a match that had so many dramatic moments that just so like that just put a big grin on my face, the way it went. I loved it. Loved just the reversal and dual. I, what I really liked as well is I really feel that Baszler is becoming more and more confident as a performer. And I feel like the stories that she's been projecting creating in the ring have all been building to this moment, you know, where she's, super confident that she can do whatever she wants, manipulate any of your body parts into something that will, uh, that will hurt you. That will contort you in ways that you're not supposed to uh, be contorted in. And uh, I felt that everything that we've seen with her over the past, through the entirety of her, of her championship run, I felt it all made it all coalesced here. There was something very, very good here. And I, I liked I I thought it was actually kind of funny at first when uh, at, uh, at first when they're sort of jawing at each other after uh, trying to go for some submissions and stuff and Baszler's getting hot and she wants to come to do like a head to head confrontation, but she actually has to bend down you know, to, to get to get to Kyrie's head. I thought that was uh, that's some dedication to your jaw jacking right there. Um, Baszler works on Kyrie's knee for the for most of the match, slinging it over the second rope, um, and just goes for some really vicious joint manipulation. And I, I adored Baszler's facial expressions as she's doing it, where she's uh, the face that she has in the you know, her mouth guard, which is black, which just seems just seems to create a void of nothingness in her mouth and the eyes. She just seems uh, otherworldly at this point. But then her taunting of Kyrie eventually brings out the killer in the Pirate Princess. Uh, there's a gut wrench suplex at some point by Baszler, which I thought was pretty cool. She try, um, uh, Kyrie goes for the inter- hits the interceptor spear, does an insane elbow to uh, Baszler's back, which probably did not feel really good. Uh, she goes up to the top rope to do it again. And Baszler rolls out of the ring saying, then hits a beautiful cross body to the outside, rolls Baszler back in, goes for the insane elbow again, covers gets two. I think Morrow mentioned that this was the first time that anyone had kicked out of it. It was a protected finisher. Is this Alex, in your opinion, maybe a way to, have Shayna lose but maintain her tough gal aura yeah it's a uh it's 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 a shock it's a shock win uh same way that same same kind of way that um that ember was able to to defend her championship the first time before she ended up losing it um this is this is this is her being Overconfidence is not the right word because I don't feel like that's what it is. It's just that she she knew she had that thing locked in, and it was a flash pin, which anybody can lose to. This is what I love about Shayna Baszler uh, and how they're using her. She is a heel who never exhibits any chicken shit tendencies, and that's rare. Like it, in WWE, it's really really rare. Like th- if you let Kevin Owens be this kind of brutal as a champion, as a champion in WWE, we wouldn't have been waiting forever to for have that title taken off of him and be like, fine, give it to Goldberg. I don't care. Like, I love Kevin Owens, but he would, she would just like 
he'd always need somebody's help or he'd run away or like this is a guy who should be like beating on people and really vicious that's that's why i always felt about him and uh and this shana she's she's just brutal like she she uses just and the thing i love about it is the crowd was so into it too the joint manipulation on the knee where she would like change the angle of it and then twist it a different way and the crowd would go oh like that totally added to the match for me um i love this my prediction for how this winds up in the end is I think that she's going to have a rematch with, um, with Kyrie at evolution. She's not only, she's not only going to, to, um, Oh my God. Oh man. Live on the scene of a wedding. It's Sean Ross Sapp, everyone. You know what? I'm at a wedding. Love is in the air. Beautiful people all around. I'm going to need to hit up bluechew.com and use that code FIGHTFUL for a free shipment. It's going to be beautiful, my friends. Beautiful. Thank goodness you came in for that, Sean, because I don't think uh, the live chat was very much impressed with my segment. Well, I mean, okay. Warren, what are you going to do? Are you, are you going to hit up your lady and say... When I get that blue chew, I will do it to you. Ingredients are FDA approved. Is that what you're doing? Uh, and I, that's a, we should have brainstormed before coming on air. I hope you all had a wonderful show. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying before, that crazy person crashed the call. Um, I think that, uh, that Shana will beat um, Kyrie at Evolution, and earlier in the night, Io Shirai will have won, um, will have won the May Young Classic, giving her a shot at the winner of the NXT Championship, uh, Women's Championship. I think that after uh, Shayna brutalizes Kyrie in the match to take her title back, she continues the brutality towards Kyrie, letting Io Shirai come out and save her friend, and there, boom, you've got your next NXT Women's Championship match. You've got a built-in feud right there um uh it, i i people are talking about shana going to the main roster like i feel like ronda is is she's she's very brutal but she's super baby face like people love cheering for shana's not that so you it's, it's hard for me to like right now the way they're positioned right now for them to be like hey we're best buds but i don't feel like you can feud them right now either so it's weird i'm not sure we'll see what happens but um, I did like this match, and I, I think there's a lot of stuff you could do coming out of it with, with this story. Let's move on to our main event. Tommaso Ciampa, NXT champion, successfully defended against Johnny Gargano. I'm going to go through the, the blow-by-blow quickly because I want to get your, your, your impression on, these, uh, on this match here before we sign off. Um, there was a uh, it 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 went outside and into the uh, in, into some some brutality. I'm gonna go like this: some brutality fairly quickly. Um, you know, Gargano tears the mat off from the floor. Uh, the, he um, Champa does an air raid crash off the commentators' table onto the Spanish announce table, which. Man, in the night where there's just these amazing spots in all sorts of matches, hard to call it my spot of the night, but that was extremely brutal. 
um, there's chairs. There's a chair in the in the ring where you know, sort of tease being used as a lawn dart. Eventually, it is used by a lawn dart by uh, by Gargano, who just tosses uh, uh, Champa into it. And uh, there were some spots at first uh, during this period, just before they they they, they go to the lawn darting, where Champa is, uh, is is has Johnny into a, some sleeper holds. And I get the psychology and I get the idea behind wanting to use a sleeper hold to put your opponent out so that he doesn't wake up before the 10 count. But this was really early in the match. And I, I don't want to be nitpicky, but I feel like it would have been better served later on in the match. Jeff, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Um, no, I like going for the sleeper early. I do. I, as, as a, as a strategy, I like it. Oh, you need to show the, the effects of the sleeper throughout a match. That's the problem of going forward that early uh, there. Okay. <laughs> um, there's uh, there's You're some... Re- me for something halfway through the match. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, some, uh, some rolling Germans uh, at some point as well. Um, it, so there's, you know, a lot, uh, a lot of moves being hit within the ring. Once they go back out, uh, they, um, the, uh, uh, hang on a second. Whoa. What, I apologize. My notes just blinked. Okay. There we go. We're back. Um, Gargano has the crutch at some point outside and he break, uh, not outside, but inside and he breaks it over Champa's back a few times. Uh, they got to keep bringing back the crutch. It's starting to feel like a crutch in the feud. I don't want to sound like I'm souring on the feud, but I, you know, kind of am also at the same time. Uh, draping DDT on Champ on the hardwood on the exposed part of the ring that uh, uh, that they had exposed. Champa rolls uh, out onto his feet before the ten count, uh, which was foreshadowing for the end. Actually, Gargano hits two dives on uh, on Champ uh, on on Champa. Um, there, uh, Gargano hits super kicks a member of the production crew, and he takes it hard to the face. That was good. Uh, 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 that was a solid bump there. That was the shot of the evening. Uh, and then Ch- uh, Champa charges Gargano with a chair, knees him, uses his knees like in the charge to really use the the the, the chair right on Gargano's head, and uh, right over into the timekeeper area. He starts burying Gargano under all sorts of production equipment and the down tech guy as well. The chairs. Johnny is able to make his way out. Uh, I like the part where um, Champa tries to uh, uses the crutch to get himself back up after the beating he just took. That was uh, a nice reversal there. They run up the ramp. There's some handcuffs involved. Champa is uh, is attached to some production recru- equipment right on the side of a stage. Johnny hits a running knee right to his face propels himself on over onto more equipment. He crashes. He's dead. They're both dead, or so we think. Champa, as the 10 count arrives, rolls himself off of the little stage. He's standing up. He's dangling from the, uh, the rigging because of the handcuffs. He retains his title. Alex, what did you think of the main event and this next chapter in The Greatest Story Ever Told? It's, it's tough to say the, I, I give them a pass on a lot of things that I didn't love about it because this was not the match they had planned. 
they had planned, you know how NXT works, they had planned for a very long time to do a triple threat involving Aleister Black that would have added a completely different wrinkle to this feud. Um, because Alistair had no love for either guy, and so it would have been a true triple threat. Um, they, there would have been a lot of cool things you could do with a third guy in the ring uh, where Johnny would have had to save Tommaso from being pinned at some point because he wants the title for himself. A lot of, there's a lot of cool things you could do with that that then went away. And a last man standing match is never the greatest option because it involves a lot of us sitting around for 10 seconds waiting for the ref to count. Um, there were a lot of things I did like about the match. Uh, these guys are great about setting up spots that you forget they've set up forever. Like the, the, the tables on top of each other upside down, that was set up and then wasn't used for 20 minutes. There's a lot of other great things like that. There were things like once the one wrist was, was cuffed Champa, I was like, there's all kinds of things that could happen. You could cuff him anywhere else. Uh, you could cuff him him to Gargano at some point, and that could be interesting. There's a lot of cool things that could have happened, but a lot of it bound up. The thing I hated the most about it was the ending. Like we, uh, it's hard. Dean, Dean Ambrose went through a thing for a while where he would lose matches by just being stupid, like like be like fooled by a hologram or uh, having a TV blow up in his face. Because he forgot to unplug it. Um, and I was like, okay, well, now nah, I don't really want to watch this guy lose anymore or win because I don't really want to root for him. Like Gargano, like losing his mind and, and having to go after Ciampa at the last tech over and walking right into a DDT on the exposed wood, fine. But again, tonight, doing basically the same thing, screwing himself over because he can't, at some point, you just got to get past that. Um, I don't want to see another one-on-one match between them at the next takeover. Um, I feel like there's something other that, that, that they need to do. And I, I don't know what it is. Right. And I, and I agree. The, the fact that they had planned, you, you, you can tell that this was not the match that was planned. They did their best lemons out of lemon, lemon lemons out of lemonade. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what you do in the opposite. Uh, yeah, what, Jeff, what, what, need, what need to happen here is Alistair Black need to kick the anger out of Johnny Gargano at some point to, to get him back on track because that was where the natural progression of the story was, was that Johnny was so consumed by rage that eventually he'd have to have sense kicked into him to become the baby face he once was. Because what's happened with this one-on-one match now is that his character is, is not irreparably harmed, but there's no, there's no place that makes sense to make him want to go back to being a good baby face uh, that we need because he's still going to be obsessed with in the way, I mean, look, I, I I understand the three-way, but I would have taken after that last match. I would have had Gargano off of TV for about six months. Me too. I would have I would have had him go on some sort of self-reflection after that and come back and have a redemption story. But they didn't because he's too out of a baby face to not to go to the well again. This is like having a favorite dish week after week after week until it no longer becomes your favorite dish. I didn't think this was as good as the, as, as the last match or even the last two matches, to be honest with you. And I think it's, it's starting to do harm to the Gargano, to the Gargano popularity in, in my opinion. And, and I, I get the 
feel that they're going to reveal that Gargano was the one that attacked Aleister Black. That's my fear, where it should be somebody way out of left field, like maybe Cash, I don't know who did it. I think they're going to say Gargano attacked Aleister Black to get him out of the match so that he could have Gargano for himself, and it was his obsessiveness that drove him there. And that's going to be a problem because you have to have you have to have a redemption for Gargano because he's a natural babyface. I get you know you have a whole lot of new merchandise with the angry Johnny symbol. You may have to get a new hat, but it's <laughs> it's one of those things. It's one of those things where we don't want to see our babyfaces lose control like this. He can lose control once, but he has to be brought back to earth. And if it wasn't Candace doing it, it has to be a kick to the face. Well, they could send him to therapy. It did wonders for Shayla, uh, Sasha, and Bailey. Don't you dare throw that on me. (laughs) Don't you dare. Guys, some final thoughts on the pay-per-view. Alex, do you want to wrap this up? Final thoughts? I'm just, as always, I'm super excited to see where they go from here. Like, you have takeover war games. Uh, I liked your idea earlier, Jeff, of uh, uh, British strong style uh, wrapping into uh, Pete Dunne in there as well, along with... um, Undisputed Era and War Raiders and Ricochet insert somebody else as well because uh, I do want to see Ricochet have a, a title defense um, in, in 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 LA. Um, I think we're going to get uh, some a lot of these new guys. They're going to will we'll wind up being um, um, having prominent roles in the in the next few months leading up to November. And lest lest we forget, on Monday and Tuesday there will be call ups. It's post SummerSlam. People are getting called up. We just don't know who yet. In, in years past, it's been very, very evident. And maybe it's evident now, and I still don't want to see it because I like my favorites staying where they are on the best on the A show, which is NXT now. Um, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of developments coming out of this show. I am terrified at the prospect of any call-up right now. I disagree. I don't think there's going to be a single call. They haven't done anything with the call-ups they've just had. So I, I, I kind of uh, disagree with that. I, I still think... <sighs> This is a so- this was a solid, solid NXT takeover. Yet again, this is the thing that gets me going on these big pay-per-view weekends is this takeover to be able to survive a six-hour slog that will be on the main roster. Right. Uh, I think the only thing on this, they forgot they felt a bit of the charm of NXT here, and they went with heavy-handed storytelling. All right. Well, I guess we're going to wrap it up for, for, for right now. Thank you very much to both Alex and Jeff. Alex, why don't you tell the good people where they can find you on the internets and what you're up to? You can find me at Pulowski the fourth. What I'm up to is trying to rest up for, I think it's 11 hours of SummerSlam tomorrow, including the pre-show. So um, yeah, I'll be back here tomorrow night talking about what a shit show that's going to be compared to tonight. (laughs) And Jeff, where where do we find you on the internet and what's what's good with you? Uh, I am at Crap Game Thirteen. Uh, I also do a show on the Voices of Wrestling Network called At Shake Them Ropes. It's not called At Shake Them Ropes. It's called Shake Them Ropes. Their Twitter handle is Shake Them Ropes. I too will be here morning with Alex. The loss of six hours worth of quality time could have spent with our families uh, doing SummerSlam tomorrow as well. Yeah, well, you see, and I get to fall asleep on it whenever I want. Thank you guys for taking over that duty tomorrow. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Remember to subscribe to FightsfulSelect.com. Go take a look at that. Take a look at all the content that you can get for as little as five bucks a month. Remember to visit Fightful.com, too. That's important. Word of mouth, sharing articles, that stuff helps. It helps out tons. 
It helps the site out tremendously. And you can go ahead and you, you can comment and react directly on the stories at Fightful.com. It can be overstated how important word of mouth is, guys. If you like this stuff, go ahead, engage, share, and go to bluechew.com. Use code FIGHTFUL. Thank you, everyone, for being here, and we'll see you next time.